Welcome to the CPMS News Podcast. My name is Eric Westison, and today we will be talking with Dr. David Kung, Associate Professor of Mathematics at St. Mary's College of Maryland. Dr. Kung will be speaking at the Spring Research Conference for BYU's Center for Undergraduate Research in Mathematics, or CIRM, on March 18th. He is also a concert violinist and avid ultimate frisbee player. His lecture will be open to the public and is entitled, How Math Made Modern Music Irrational. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Kung. So uh, can you tell me just a little bit about your background in math and what, what studies you've done in the past? So I, I grew up in central Wisconsin, and uh, I loved mathematics and music uh, when I was growing up. I started playing the violin when I was four years old. So when I got to college, at some point during college, I, I had thought about majors in philosophy, German, math, physics, and music, and I ended up just with the math and physics, and then stayed at Wisconsin for graduate school, finished my Ph.D. in harmonic analysis in 2000, and then came out here to St. Mary's College in Maryland. And uh, what courses are you generally teaching out there? I teach a lot of a uh, whole smattering of different courses. Right now I'm teaching real analysis, and I'm teaching a, um, an intro-level course for our liberal arts math course for the non-science majors. And we call it Survey of Mathematics, and uh, right now I'm teaching it as Mathematics and Music. I have students doing a whole lot of interesting musical things. They made their own instruments last week. They're all sitting outside my office, and everybody gets to play with them when they come by. That's really fun. Uh, So I guess that kind of ends up uh, relating to what your lecture is going to be about. Yep. So what's it going to be on? I've read a little bit, you know, just some abstracts. but. uh, uh, there are a lot of really interesting connections between mathematics and music, and I'm going to talk about one of them. Um, I'm going to start with sort of the mathematics of a vibrating string. The implications of a single vibrating string are actually sort of important. And what you find out is that when a string vibrates, it vibrates in lots of different modes, and those modes produce different sounds. So when you hear a single vibrating string, you're actually hearing um, a bunch of different pitches that are being produced. And if you take the time to look in depth at what those pitches are, you find out really fascinating things about music and about scales and intervals and things like that. And one of the things I'll talk about is the fact that you cannot tune a piano in tune. No piano is ever in tune. And it's just a matter of how out of tune and in what particular ways it's out of tune. So I'll actually show you mathematically why that's true. So uh, the title of the lecture, I guess, is... Uh-huh. Uh, how math made modern music irrational. Uh, is, is that just referring to the, to the fact that there's so many different pitches within one vibrating string? It's, a, it's sort of a play on words. So, so the, the title actually has how math made modern music mad, and then the mad is crossed out, replaced with irrational. And there's, this, there's been this movement um, in Western classical music from, say, Bach's time, when music was very lyrical and, and very much in one key or a couple of related keys, and if you move fast forward up until around uh, the 20th century, music had this sort of 12-tone or atonal character to it. It seemed much more chaotic and much less melodic. And one of the things I'm going to talk about is how mathematics had a role in that. So are we tuning our pianos now to the, to the same notes they were using uh, back when they were doing harpsichords? Or? No, we actually aren't. Huh. Um, and we aren't in two ways. So one is the, the, the standard A, the A that you hear the oboe give at the beginning of every orchestra concert, that A has gotten sharper and sharper over the years. So now we tune to a, what, what they call a 440A. That particular sound vibrates at 440 hertz. Um, but if you go back in time, they actually tuned to notes that were not, not quite that sharp. 
And the other thing is the relative pitches, any particular interval, were tuned differently. And in fact, most of the, say, the fifths on a harpsichord, a lot of those fifths sounded much better than a fifth on a, on a modern-tuned piano does. The way the modern pianos are tuned, all of the fifths sound exactly the same. Whereas on a harpsichord, many of those fifths sounded much better. And then there were a few of those fifths that sounded much, much worse. And uh, back then, I'm assuming they weren't doing math to figure that. Were they doing it more by ear? Um, they were actually doing a whole lot of mathematics. Bach was, is famous for loving puzzles and loving some of the mathematical aspects of it. And in fact, he was trying when he wrote a piece called The Well-Tempered Clavier, he was trying to popularize a new kind of tuning that he had come up with. And his, the advantage of that tuning is that it allowed you to play in all of the keys on a piano. So there's 12 keys in every octave in a piano, and so you get... Um, you can play in any one of those keys. You can start your scale on any one of those 12 keys, um, and you can play either in major or minor. And so that gives you 24 different keys. And Bach wrote the well-tempered clavier in 24 pieces, one in each of those keys, to sort of illustrate that with his new tuning, you could play in any one of those keys. Mostly that they were making different choices about how they tuned the instruments, and that was tied into the kinds of music that were being composed. And as as music became less and less melodic and less and less sort of stuck in one key and related keys, then it made sense to tune pianos in a different way. And I think there is a sort of parallel development between um, the kinds of scales, the ways pianos were tuned, and the music that was being composed. And that's sort of the, the heart of the talk, is looking at this, as this transformation as you go from the tunings that Bach would have used up through the tunings of what's called an equal-tempered scale, a tuning that was used on pianos starting around 1900 and looking at how that impacted the music that was being composed. And throughout this talk, I'll be playing lots of um, examples of these things on my violin. I was going to ask, I think we're kind of excited to hear you play your violin, uh, <laughs> and I was curious if you could tell us a few of the, the tunes you'll be playing, or can you um, give us a bit of a preview? Yeah, we'll throw in some little things. There'll be some unaccompanied Bach. I'll play some of the things from the standard violin repertoire, so a little bit of uh, the Mendelssohn Violin Concerto and a little Tchaikovsky. Maybe a little Vivaldi thrown in there. We'll even throw in some uh, some more popular tunes, including I think I'll think I'll toss in a little something from uh, from modern television. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. Thank you again for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you at the research conference. Great, thanks, Eric. Thank you for listening to the CPMS News Podcast. Again, Dr. Kung will be speaking in the Varsity Theater at 10.45 a.m. on March 18th. For more information, please visit our website at cpms.byu.edu.